What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Joshua T. Berglund. I'm the host of Live Mana Ministries Presents Gratitude Unfiltered. I am so blessed uh, to have you guys here today. If you're watching on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, they honored if uh, you shared this out or tagged a friend tonight, today, wherever you're watching from, um, we're going to get into some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, I always in, have the intention of having fun on these broadcasts and we try to, but one of the things that is so important is that we put a spotlight on the shadow world. And it is my belief that by putting a spotlight on our shadow world or even other shadow worlds, um, we bring light to situations and without light, there is no healing. And without light, there's no truth. In fact, there's no, <laughs> without truth, there is no light. So in the spirit of authenticity, in the spirit of uh, the unfiltered gospel, in the spirit of gratitude unfiltered and everything that we're about, uh, we hold nothing back here um, and nothing will be held back today. Um, I'm going to read a devotional, uh, but first I'm going to pray, and then we have a couple little commercials to run, and we're going to get into this, but this is going to be special. So thank you for being here, and God bless you. And anyone who's ever dealt with any type of abuse of any kind, sexual, physical, or even verbal, this broadcast is for you. Actually, I'm going to read the devotional first. And this is different. This is not today's. This is yesterday's. It's called Jesus understands because he loves you. Sometimes that's hard to believe, but it's true. And I think you're gonna find out why today. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. There are people who are skeptical of any suggestion that Jesus understands human problems. Their conception of the Lord is that he is someone far away and aloof removed from our everyday life and only interested in the matters of primary importance. Therefore, it cannot be expected that he will concern himself with the apparently inconsequential matters that relate to the personal lives of people. Such an attitude manifests a complete misconception of God and his loving interest in the world that he created and the human beings for whom his son died and was resurrected. It is true that we worship a God who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but we never must lose sight of the fact that Jesus is not only our master, but also our friend, because he lived, suffered, and died as, human, as a human being. He understands human problems and emotions. Since he experienced them himself, he endured suffering as well as disappointment, sorrow, and joy. The Son of God laughed and cried just as you and I do. The Savior is waiting for you to invite him to share your life with him. Open your heart to him so that he may help you in whatever circumstance you may find yourself in. Never forget that he is a friend who loves and understands you. Lord Jesus, in you I have found a friend who is loving, faithful, and understanding. Grant that I, grant that we will experience your love under all circumstances of our life. Heavenly Father, I just ask that today that you are, you open the hearts, minds, and the spirit of everyone that's watching and listening. Today is going to be powerful, Lord, and I just ask that whatever is discussed here, whatever is brought to light, that you bring it to light 
in the spirit of healing. There's so many people out there right now that are hurting. There's more riots happening in Minneapolis. There's people that are suffering and confused and they live in fear of everything that either the media is telling them or everything that they're even seeing in the streets or even what they're experiencing under closed doors. Father God, I just ask that you bring the spirit of healing, your Holy Spirit that heals and brings truth and light to every situation. Father God, I ask that you speak through Virginia and I as we share our hearts to glorify you and hope to bring in healing. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for, thank you for the opportunity to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this. Hey now, honey, I've been driving around in my car, looking for some kind of open bar. It's going to be all right, going to be all right. Got no money, but I'll work it out with my charm. Having a good time and doing no harm. It's going to be all right, going to be all right. Hey now, honey, I've been driving around in my car, looking for some kind of open bar. It's going to be all right, going to be all right. Got no money, but I'll work it out with my charm. Having a good time and doing no harm. It's going to be all right, going to be all right. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finest things, the diamond rings, designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on still more. My mic bloody cause I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Hug up in a harlot, my battery need charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody want to work for it. Whoa, what's up, everybody? That's the wrong screen. Hold on two seconds. There I am. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. We are so blessed to have you here. Uh, you're in for a special treat today. We're honored to have my friend Virginia on the show today. Um, I know you guys hate wearing masks, but guess what? They're not going away anytime soon. I don't care what you think. So if you need a mask, try the greatest mask because it is actually, if you're going to wear one, it, it's amazing, even though mask wearing sucks. But if it's not going to go away, you might as well one that's, wear one that's comfortable. Uh, so today we're going to give away a greatest mask. Um to a random person that shares this broadcast because i think this is important so you should share it anyway but we're going to pick a random winner anyway and you can check the testimonials even people that hate mask love the greatest mask all right guys thank you for being here god bless you um you know what i i want our guest is somebody that i had the honor of being in on her amazing podcast um she's a wonderful host has a huge heart for humanity and is doing anything and everything possible uh, to bring light to situations that others won't talk about, but also has a platform that she is elevating the voices of other people. And as you know, that's something for us that is so important because, well, that's our mission is elevating the voices for the voiceless. And Virginia is that. Um, and I'm, I just love the way that she is using her intellectual property, her gifts, 
and also her heart for humanity to make a difference. So this is going to be awesome. And I, I encourage you that if you do watch, watch the whole thing, because I have a feeling that <laughs> there's not going to be a dull moment. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Virginia Rose, to Gratitude Unfiltered. What's up, Virginia? How you doing? Hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Joshua. It's a pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate you inviting me to be a part of your platform. And I'm really grateful for just being your friend. And, um, you know, uh, your wife and I are good friends. Jessica, shout out to her. I love her very much. Yeah, me too. I'm a very, very blessed man. And something I haven't done in a really long time that I want to do, Jessica, Jimmy, Good to see you guys. Sherry, great to see you guys. Ryan, thank you. Charlotte, God bless you. Thank you for being here. There's some people's names I can't see. God bless you guys. Thank you for watching. And to tell you what, something I haven't done in a while is engage with the audience and ask questions. But um, we are, I will, if you do have questions, we'll answer them at the end. But I want to get into this interview. First things first, though, Virginia, um, I want to thank you for the light that you are and the blessing that you are and just the the way that you're using your platform for others. I What I get with you that's different with a lot of other people that host broadcasts and shows is that you know a lot of people are doing it to help their business grow or to help elevate them. I really believe with all my heart that the way, I mean, you can tell in the way that you promote your guest and things like that, you're doing it with a servant's heart and you're doing it with the intention of elevating other voices. So I admire you a great deal. And not only are you, not only that, you're a gifted artist um, and you're just an extraordinarily talented human being. So thank you for that. Um, and then before anything else, can you tell us today what you're grateful for? Oh, yes. Well, support. I'm grateful for support. There are times that um, I didn't have that and I didn't feel that around me. And, um, you know, I can put a post on social media just saying I need a little encouragement or I need a little support today or I need a prayer or pray for a friend or something. And my phone will go off like 80 times in an hour. And I didn't always have that. And it's worldwide support. Um, when I ask, when I know I have a more difficult show and I'm not meaning the guests being difficult, but the topic, um, and I need to have strength and overcome anxiety. And I just put that out there. Um, I, I, I just, the, the universe and God just responds. And when you have not had it, and then you do have it, the attitude of gratitude is like, I've been brought to tears just by the comments that people have put on my socials, praying for you. I'm with you. I mean, texting me, calling me, checking on me. Um, so that, and also my children, oh my gosh, I have amazing, three amazing children, 18, 16, and about to turn 14. And I just feel really blessed. Those have to be fun ages. I, I I can't imagine. I was thinking about me at those ages for my parents. There's a special place in heaven for both of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I just spent the entire weekend um, dyeing my daughter's hair half pink and half black. She's wanted it since she was 11 years old, and I was like, No, we're not doing that ever. This is a favor. <laughs> Six years later, 24 hours and six boxes of hair color. Um, her hair is pink and she looks like a rock star. And I'm mother of the year, at least for today. So 
That's so funny. My art, as you know, we have two beautiful little girls. And uh, right before Easter, Jessica decided, or the girls wanted tattoos. Because, you know, we have them. I guess they want them. So I almost had a panic attack because I got stuck in this old way of thinking of like, oh my gosh, my mother's gonna roll, my grandmother's gonna roll over in her grave. <laughs> like, what? And I had this, what are people gonna think? And then I go, wait a second, who cares? Like, this is allowing your children to express themselves in in such a way. I mean, obviously, there's some ways that you don't want them to express themselves, right. but when it's creative and fun. Like, why would anyone want to step on that? So my old curmudgeon butt that went almost went traditional <laughs> had to shut up for a second and go, yeah, let's celebrate the tattoos and just wanting to be different and expressing the artistic side of themselves. Because ultimately, if anything, I'm segueing to something, I promise. But thinking about like COVID in itself, COVID became, even for all the horrors of it, COVID became the artist's dream because they had time. They got to isolate for a little bit and create. And the, and the artists and the creators that took advantage of that during COVID of 2020 are now set up to just do these extraordinary things this year. COVID be damned. Yeah. So how, before we get into all the other fun stuff, like what, are the biggest takeaways for you in that season last year of 2020 as an artist where your world got shut down? Well, in 2020, I had my lowest moment and my highest moment <laughs> in the same year. So first six months, um, we'll even say seven months was devastating. I was supposed to launch um, an international uh, wine company that I've been working on for four years in Italian, my Italian wines, um, that the labels are, are my art. And I went to seven regions in Italy in 2017. Um, it was a project I've been working on for a long time and I was actually gonna retire um, fully from photography. I had announced it. I was gonna go work for a distribution center like, yeah, you don't know this. I, I didn't tell you this, Joshua. <laughs> yeah, so it was supposed to launch. I had um, uh, letters of intention from uh, Key West, from huge food and wine festivals. They were going to um, make my wine, like the wine of Key West, like a headliner with my art. And I was I was psyched. Um, one of my friends, Jessica, was going to open um, this, this like Dolce wine bar with like her sweet treats toffee that she makes. And we were going to have the wine in there. And I was like photography, my arms hurt, my shoulders hurt. Like I've been in the industry for over 20 years. Like I'm done. I just want to make wine and go live in a villa somewhere, get my kids graduated and have a nice life with my little anxiety support dog here. Well, Italy closed, Disney closed and the whole wide world closed down. And my dreams um, at that moment were shattered by the enemy. And yeah. I was like, okay, God, I can't do photo shoots. I can't launch my wine company. Um, I, there's no more board of director meetings for the theater performing arts that I was working with. Like there's no book signings. There's no art galleries where I can put my art. I was supposed to do some charity events with, with my paintings and it, it just, there was nothing that I could do. And so I, I'm really glad you asked me this question because I went to God and angry, angrily. And I was like, what do you want from me? You're not giving me, I mean, I'm painting every day, but no one's going to see it except for on Facebook. I'm, I, I can't do anything. Like, what do you want? This is a creative's nightmare. I'm dying. 
I'm locked down. I can't see anyone. And he said, use your voice. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, use your voice. Start a podcast. If you can't find the light, be the light. Now go support some people and stop whining. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't know how to start a podcast. He's like, you are on FM radio, WRNR on the Red Hot Couch as a recurring guest. You can figure it out. Go write your shows. Go use your voice. You're a smart girl. Go figure it out. And now I'm in 31 countries on eight platforms and I interview people like every single day. And it's mind blowing. I'm in season two. And by, by I did my 50th episode on December 31st last year on New Year's Eve with my dear friend Alex Cauldron who started a charity that supports technology for kids that are doing virtual school that can't afford computers. And God just showed me that it's your time. It's your time. And I was like, okay, that was a lot of emotions for one year, but we got it. So, so yeah, so now I love it. I love what I do and I'm, I'm glad I found a new niche for myself. I would have never found, I would have been sipping wine. So I want to, I want to ask you one other question and then I'm going to segue out of this, but what has like, so you spoke about COVID, but now that you took a step in faith and that obedience to using your voice, can you tell us what you've learned? Like what has been the biggest learning experience and also the biggest wow God blessing that has come from your obedience in using your voice? Well, there's hundreds of blessings, but I'll try to narrow it down to a few. First okay. of all, what I said I'm gra grateful for, support. Um, every time I interview a guest, it's like they were made specifically for me. Um, there was a time that I was looking for guests. Now I wake up in the morning with four, five, six, ten. One morning I woke up and there were 60 requests to be on my show. So people in Australia, I have a huge following in Australia now. I have made the bestest of friends through my podcast. Um, so that's a wow God moment. Um, and every day, so I'm interviewing people that are masters, experts, leaders, doctors, um, award-winning artists, all these experts, these people that I'm interviewing are, I'm like, thank you, thank you for being on my show. They're turning around, they're blessing me. They're putting me on their FM radio shows out to 2 million people. They're putting me on their TV shows. They're supporting La Dolce Vita podcast with Virginia Rose. And and so it, it's like this, this wheel that just continues to turn. So I'm trying to bless them and they're like, no, I, I want to bless you. And, and it's this, this, this thing of like, who's going to bless each other more? That's a wow God moment for me. And I'm I just waking love, up. Yeah. I love that. That's, it's really powerful because it's, uh, I, we were listening, Jessica and I last week, we're listening to a devotional. It's called Flip the Blessing. Oh, yeah. And it sounds very similar to what you just explained, mm -hmm. but it's really, really cool. Like when you're blessed to like immediately go out and bless someone else. And, you know, there was obviously more to it, but it sounds very similar to what you're talking about. And that, I'm glad you answered it that way. I mean, there was no wrong answer, but that is, it's true. It's like that obedience it's positioning you for your purpose. And there's nothing like people talk about if you've ever been fitted for a custom suit or custom clothing, there's nothing that feels better. Like it, it's amazing. It's like, it's better than a blanket almost because it just, you feel amazing when you're fit, right? What was the point of that? I was going somewhere with this. Ah, I lost my train of thought. 
I have this beautiful example. Oh, the obedience. I know what it is. So when you are in your purpose, it's like that custom fit suit. Mm -hmm. You just feel like you got it all together. It's yeah. because you're doing what you were created to do. Yeah. But nothing unlocks that more than obedience. So I love that. I love that you shared that blessing. And the reason I wanted you to share that is because I'm looking at several people on this in this chat right now that all have a ministry inside of them or a podcast or a TV show, but they're scared. They're scared to take that first step. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for you to understand that, yeah, it's scary, but nothing really God calls us to do isn't scary. And it, if it sounds insane, it probably is of God. But when you do it and you're obedient, you get to see how God uses and how God works miracles. People say we don't see miracles anymore, but that's just simply not true. There's miracles all around us, but we don't see them because we're not obedient. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah. So you have such a powerful story. But one of the things that I want to start with first, and, and then I'm going to just kind of free you up to just share your heart. But the thing that I'm always drawn to immediately is when I see somebody that has a heart for human trafficking victims, because this is an epidemic. It's a problem. I mean, there's all kinds of trafficking, but the, the trafficking that really disturbs me because I understand how, uh, how awful like experiencing sexual trauma is. I mean, the physical trauma is awful too. Don't get me wrong. But the sexual trauma has this way of altering you chemically. I mean, I know that even physical violence does too. And you think about the youth and these kids, and I think about the struggles that they have and just coming out of it. But so I, I'm always inspired and wanting, I always want to know, why are you passionate about human trafficking the way that you are? Because this is a big part of your platform is yeah. bringing awareness to this. So can you speak to that? Well, when I was young, my well, throughout my childhood, my father was extremely abusive. And I have just started to talk about um, this part of my story. And it's very, it's very... I put some of it in my book, the Women Who Illuminate book, and I started doing interviews about it just in 2021. So I want I want to let anybody know that's watching. I'm about to turn 38, and I just started talking about this publicly. And um, I was afraid of hurting my mother or or my stepmother and and this skeleton and you know everybody's gonna find out. And I what I was myself I was physically abused and my father liked to play uh, a keep away game from my mother um, with my brother and I and taking us and we lived in hotels and he was extremely abusive and um, I was terrified for years. And trying to find my way home back to my mother and not realizing what was happening to me was like so wrong. I mean, I'm just, I struggle even now to find the words, um, the level of abuse and the threats and the violence and, and what was happening to me. And no one knew. Like no one freaking knew. Like I went to school. I'm sure like I've talked to some people now 
and they're like, we knew something was up or like something was weird with your father. He never let anybody into the house. You weren't allowed to have sleepovers. You were barely ever allowed to leave. You missed school for long periods of time. Like, you know, but no one really understood and really knew what I was going through. Yeah. But that's such a small piece of it because the amount of people that I've known that have been victims of human trafficking that I've ran into, people have no idea how common it is and that there are people walking around that are at your dentist office that were trafficked, that there are teen girls that are friends with your children that have been trafficked because people think trafficking is like what you see on an HBO or like a lifetime movie. Yeah. There are kids that are trafficked at Disney world that are taken to Disney world for a fun day. We're going to go meet your uncle. I don't have an uncle. Yes, you do. You have an uncle. They walk up to them in a crowd, pass them off. It looks like they're going to get an ice cream bar and they're taking them to assault them. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is happening. And it, I'm so passionate about it because I feel like there's been this veil on not only in the United States of America, but there's been a veil on the entire world of what's happening. Why did we watch Unsolved Mysteries and why did we watch all these shows when we were young or see these kids on, on bulletin boards or milk cartons and actually think in our minds that there's that many bad guys that just go and pick up kids and that they just disappear and there isn't something bigger happening here. There's networks that is happening. And let me tell you when I really came against it and discovered it, Joshua, in the modeling world. Yeah. That's when I had my really real first experience and it wasn't with females, it was with males. They were trafficking males. And I was on a photo shoot and the guy that came, he said he was their agent. The models were like young teens, early 20s. And I could tell that something was wrong. The energy was wrong. And even me and the designer are like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like, he's weird. He won't leave us alone. His name sounds fake. The way he talks sounds fake. His business card looks fake. How controlling he was. I was a talent agent. I never went on set unless I was invited. And I certainly didn't hoover in that way, not letting them sign contracts. Like, what the heck is going on here? Well, I did my research. I went home and I did some research and I happened to know somebody in Hollywood that was working on a movie about human trafficking. And I started asking questions and I got to the root of the problem. This guy was a trafficker and he was taking photographs of these guys and saying, well, if you want to be a model, we need to see your whole body. If you want to be a model, we're going to have to take pictures of every angle because if they do a casting call for swimwear or runway, we need to make sure that they can see every angle. And I'm talking every angle. Well, after they took the pictures, they changed their name and put them on, uh, up on websites. So they're selling the pictures. Yeah. And they're also using the pictures for people to purchase them. And then they don't go and be like, oh, you were purchased by a trafficker or somebody that's going to sexually assault you. This is a modeling job. So you're going to go to this parking lot. Well, you know, you're going to go to this, this space and you're going to get, go for a modeling job. When they get there, it's an SUV in a parking garage. And they're like, oh, they changed the location. Come with me. We'll show you where it is. And then they go and they sexually assault them. But because they're men, they don't tell anyone mm -hmm. because they're embarrassed. 
that they're in their 20s and they got or they're young teens and that somebody's going to find out they're never going to hire them and that this guy's got naked pictures of them. So I started discovering this and when I let the cat out of the bag, I was assaulted in the middle of a fashion show in Chicago. Thank God Chicago PD was there to tackle. The guy came backstage and I was walking in the show too and assaulted me in front of all the models. And they tackled him and zip tied him and removed him and he threatened my life. I had to use a bodyguard for years after that to work in Chicago because I was terrified because now there's a target on my back that I'm telling the truth about what's going on in the modeling industry. And then I started teaching safety workshops about it and being a speaker. And the more I let the cat out of the bag, Joshua, the more in danger I was in. And I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm telling the truth. Oh, yeah, yeah. and you should. The, the uh oh. Um, why do I have feet? <laughs> I love it when that happens. Okay, now it's gone. Anyway, um, my first experience with trafficking, um, it was similar. I know what you're talking about with the modeling agencies. I remember um, when I lived in Hawaii, I was looking for work, looking for ways to make money. I was terrified that I was gonna run out of money because you know, Hawaii was expensive. I just left Oklahoma. And so like I was looking for all kinds of work. And I remember one of the, a very similar situation to what you were talking about, but I had showed up to someone's house and I thought that I was going to be doing some modeling work and taking some photos. Well, that wasn't the case at all. Um, I was there to, um, and I, I'm, I didn't, I left. I mean, I did prostitute myself, but this case was my first introduction to that world, which was in Hawaii. And I remember going to that house and, and the guy was telling me what I was there for. And I was scared out of my mind. I already had, you know, at that point that I was still wrestling with all the nightmares from being molested as a kid. And like, here it is in full bloom. This is what's being expected of me. I don't know why I left that time because the other times I didn't. But I know what you're talking about, like how it's baited. I have a really good friend, I cannot say his name, that got stuck in that world where he was being trafficked and passed around and that's how he became success, a successful model. When he tried to leave, his life was threatened and then he ended up getting turned where then he started being the one that was handling kids. Now he's out of that life, he's been able to break away, but you're right, these modeling agencies are all over. In Hollywood, when I was working private security and we would go to, I would work at some wealthy guy's house in the hills and they would bring in girls. They called in the modeling agencies. That's, that's how they get the girls. Now, the things that happened to closed doors, I, I didn't see that but those girls were bought and paid for and it was done through the modeling agencies. So, so many of these things that we think are innocent are actually like little factories for these human traffickers. It's, it's a system. So you were absolutely right to speak to that. I want to take a quick break for a second. Um, and then I want to get into, I want to open up some other windows here for, um, for us to put a light on. I'll be right back. I'll be
Welcome back, everybody. Um, we are here with Virginia Rose and uh, already pretty insightful conversation. I'm, I'm so happy that you're the first guest to really bring uh, a light to how agencies can be used. And and I really just you sharing what you shared about your father. I, I, I can't even imagine like it's just I mean, I can't imagine to some degree, but it's it's really hard to ever put yourself in someone else's shoes. But one thing that I do know from my own experience with abuse and then becoming an abuser um, myself is that there's something about being molested or even physically abused or even verbally abused as a child that affects, and I'll just speak to my, my personal, I battled, I never felt that I was worthy. I never felt that I was good enough. I never felt like I belonged. I never felt like I mattered. I never felt like... I, I was, I never felt safe. And there's something about that. And I can only speak as for me that, and maybe it was the drugs. Maybe it was running away from what God called me to do. Maybe it was because God wasn't like I hadn't invited him in my heart. I don't know, but I, a monster was born inside of me through that. And I wanted to, I wanted other people to feel the pain that I was feeling because it just felt right at the time. It's not right, but it was like, I don't know. It, it, even I think if it was an out-of-body experience. Like, I can't explain it. But this monster was born in my security, in my, not, in my own not knowing who I was. Like what was born and created inside of me was not good. And yet at the same time, I still allowed myself to experience abuse, whether it was abusing myself with going on four-day meth binges and, and letting uh, people take advantage of me sexually, whether it was hurting myself by cutting or, or, it, or beating my head against the wall or hurting other people that I loved. Either way, none of it was good. So in this experience of abuse, we set ourselves up to be further abused until we take our life back, until we make that decision that we are going to make loving choices for ourselves and we're going to create boundaries. But that's not so easy to do. It takes work to get there. Yeah. So for you experiencing that abuse that you experienced, what was your journey like into healing? Did you suffer more abuse, different kinds of abuse? Talk to us about that. Well, first I want to speak into with mine, um, being born around domestic violence and seeing the person. My mother is a beautiful soul. Like she's a kindergarten teacher for a Christian school and, and, and music. I mean, my mom is like... My mom like does art projects with my kids every time she sees them, like she plays the piano. I mean, she's just a sweetheart. So I think seeing your mother just tormented and abused by a monster is, is so heartbreaking and, and devastating. And for me, the pain and me being abused too, it, it didn't make me want to hurt people. It made me want to heal people just 
constantly on a journey of healing. Who can I help? And I don't want to say fix. I don't want to use the word fix, but like, who can I pour into? Who can I uplift? Who can I speak into their heart? How can I make their life better? What can I do? And I, and I went on this journey of doing this constantly since I was a child. I would see adults that were hurt or older people or whatever, or people at my church or, or at my school. Can I pick you a flower? I mean, just a constant journey. But what this made me was a people pleaser. Hmm. I mean, how wow. many of you out there that are listening can relate to that? Badly, 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 badly a people pleaser. And when you speak into not feeling worthy, so I don't feel beautiful. I actually thought I was like literally hideous, like until I was like 24 years old. Like I, I never thought I was beautiful. I always hid my face. Even 27, 28 years old, I was still very much, even getting modeling jobs and acting jobs and being a successful photographer. I mean, there, there was no level of amount of accomplishments that would make me feel worthy. Because I'm still dealing with even domestic violence relationship in my adulthood. I'm still remembering all the things that my father said to me as a child. I'm still remembering the injury that my mother suffered. And my brother also became a carbon copy of him. So now my brother's abusive to me even. And it's just this constant wheel, this hamster wheel of how can I fix the world? And some one day, I don't remember who it was, one of my friends came up to me and said, you're not a saint and you're not Jesus Christ. You can't fix everyone and you're going to die. You're not, you're not going to have anything in your cup. You have nothing. You're empty. I was like 112 pounds. I was just this emaciated creature that stayed up all night. I would do photo shoots all day. I would edit all night. I would try to run this agency, which was a reputable independent agency, by the way. We didn't have any of that funny business going on there. But um, I was just constantly trying to achieve bigger and bigger goals. Oh, well, I got to shoot this famous person. I got to be published in this many magazines. I got to be in Vogue. I got to do this. And trying to just find worth when it was here the whole time. It was here the whole entire time. I didn't need to find it. I've always been worthy. I'm enough. I was always enough. And that was huge for me when I finally discovered that like three months ago, literally, that I am enough and that I can pour into people without fixing them or trying to fix them, that I can be a blessing on someone's life um, without taking on all their issues or their problems. I can speak into somebody and be there for them and and consult them or, or coach them or, or whatever it might be without carrying all their energy and problems and being like, God, how am I going to help this person? How am I gonna? It's not for me to do. It's for God to do. Hi, I'm a, I'm a listener. I'm a supporter. I'm going to hold your hand, but you're going to do the work, baby girl. You know what I mean? So, so good. good. We, 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 we share. share. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it doing that all of a sudden? Okay. You and I share a common friend. Uh, Jason Cisneros. Love Jason. And I, I do too. I, and I think that everybody that knows him can say the same thing. And everyone has their own Jason story. And for me, I've got 50 or more. But there was one, a moment that changed. Like, I, I, I swear to you, that changed 
course, I've had a few life-changing moments with him. But anyway, this one is special to me. But and it centers back to what you were talking about. I'm enough. I am worthy. Is that I was giving in to the the taunts in my mind. Like the one thing that I had given my life to the Lord, I was doing everything I could to stay on the right track. And but I still had these demons and these these identity issues and worthiness issues that just swarm me. And so every time something bad would happen, I would be like, ah, screw it. Like I've had enough. I don't care. And I would go back to my death spiral, as I call it. And and I would go, I would relapse. Like I would go on a four-day meth bench. Well, this this last time it was two, gosh, it's been two and a half years now. It was in LA. And I had a meth relapse that only lasted a day, which that that in itself was a miracle because I was getting ready to re-up and then God really came at me pretty hard in that moment. And so I ended up talking about it on Gratitude Unfiltered the next day. And um, anyway, the point of that was, I remember Jason calling me and he said, every time you start to hear that noise telling you that you're not worthy, you're not good enough, or it's that you you know, you want to throw it all away or you want to go use or whatever. He goes, I want you to come up with some, a saying, like an affirmation of sorts of saying who you are, how God sees you. And he goes, I don't care where you are, if you have to go run, run down the block, but you say it out loud. And so, and I remembered that. And he said it because you have to do this every time it happens because you'll change your neural pathways. Instead of giving into it, you're going to be able to get rid of it and reaffirm of who you are, who God says you are, who how God sees you. And so I came up with this affirmation. I'm, uh, you know, a, a world changing. I, I forgot. Now I forgot what it was because I change it so much now, but I still use it. But saying out loud how God sees me helped me really build confidence. And I quit giving in to that that demon that wanted to take me and so many, so many of you out there and you three months ago, I mean, for me, it's only been a couple years of really doing the work, but that was where my breakthrough happened. And there's so many of you that are watching or listening right now that have those worthiness issues that you don't think that you're worthy of your goals. You don't think that you're worthy of success or you're the, you're worthy for even some of you don't even think, that you're worthy of what God created you for. You are, and you are enough. Virginia, for you, what was that moment that you decided that you were enough and you knew it and you began to claim it? What was that moment? Women's International Month. And when Women's International Month was coming, which just passed in March, but like in February when I knew it was coming up and I received a guest, uh, Raina Patan. She's um, an international human rights attorney. Um, she's in the UK and she started um, a nonprofit and it was a progression. It happened like a little bit at a time, like over a couple of weeks and into the, you know, the last few months. But Everybody was talking about Women's International Month and 
I started to people, you know, people were really speaking into about what they were going to do. They were going to hold a summit or they were going to do a podcast or they were going to do these different things. And I started to look into, um, you know, the things that I do for women and how I support them. And there were so many things, Joshua, that I was struggling to just pick one. And I'm thinking to myself, anybody that, this gets me emotional, that could struggle to think of even one thing when you've done 50 or 100 is worthy and is enough. I Every day I support women. Every day I am a friend. And anybody listening to this show or listens later on, that's my friend that we've had those intimate private conversations through tears or good or bad or I'm listening and you know and you're listening to this right now or you've been on my show or you're like, I, it's 1030 at night, but I just need to talk to you. You gave me a breakthrough through your podcast and the person listening knows who I'm talking about. Um, being as a friend and a mother and a daughter and a, and a host and a photographer. Do you know how many people I've counseled through photo sessions? Maybe they had their breasts removed because of cancer and they didn't feel beautiful. Or they had three miscarriages and they finally are having a baby, but it's five months in and they're still nervous if they're going to lose their baby, but they want to do a maternity shoot and they just need, need me to hold their hand for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But when I started thinking of all the people that I've saved, there's people that I've, I've saved that people don't know that I saved people. from I saved their lives. There are a few that I've lost and I do want to speak into this, Joshua, when you're ready. But it wasn't my fault. Yeah. So there are two women that were special to me um, that I lost um, to domestic violence, which is an epidemic. Um, The first woman was the um, mother of my daughter's best friend. She lived across the street from me. And in 2016, she was killed by her husband. And last year on April 2nd, I lost my middle school childhood friend um, who was a military vet, a mother of three, and um, was killed by her husband. And they were both killed because of silence. And, you know, probably if you look back at the beginning of this broadcast and you're going to say, you know, her eyes are a little red or a little puffy or she already looks a little emotional and she hasn't even been asked any question. My first question to you. (laughs) Yeah. Like before we started. Yeah. Yeah. I asked God this morning. Um, I, there's, there's so many pieces of my testimony. You guys, I'm a hurricane survivor. My, my daughter was born with no chance to live at, with a rare kidney disorder and had to have an operation. We lived in hospitals for three months. I mean, I'm a survivor of childhood trauma. I'm, I'm a survivor of, of rape. There's just so many things that I've survived, like more than a cat with nine lives, which I know God has a purpose for my life, but I'm like, (laughs) what thing do I pick if the show's like an hour, like, and I don't want to have that victim mentality. So what do I speak into? And God said domestic violence. And I'm like, God, I don't want to talk about that. And he's like, you have to. You have to break the silence. So um, this past week was the one-year anniversary of my friend Heather. And we're still feeling it because we didn't get to have a funeral or a memorial service for her yet. 
we're going to be doing that. But we didn't get to do that because of the pandemic. So, yeah. So it's been it's been difficult. And now we're one year in and we're missing her and we didn't really get to say our goodbyes. And I want to tell you, both of my friends that I lost, I had zero clue or idea that they were in domestic violence relationships because they were too scared and they were too embarrassed. I spoke the night before to my first friend that passed away and the morning that my friend was killed, my second friend, she was asking for prayers for a new job that she had applied for. Four hours later, she was on the national news because of silence. So I wanna speak into the word silence. Silence is not your friend. Silence is the enemy trying to tell you, no one's gonna care, no one's gonna support you, you'll sound like a victim. Don't tell anyone, no one will hire you. It's a lie. It's a lie, I was abused. I have suffered from domestic violence. I have friends that have suffered from domestic violence. We are still whole, we are still worthy, we are still enough. And anyone that's listening that's suffering in silence, you don't have to suffer anymore. Don't be the person that was too afraid to tell the neighbor or the friend and won't be with us next week because you were afraid to pick up the phone. There are people that can help you. Jason Cisneros is one of those people. Mm-hmm. Pastor Rudy Gonzalez is one of those people. Jessica Lynn and Joshua Berglund are those people. I am one of those people. Lauren Michaels Harris is one of those people. We want to support you. We want to help you and you're not suffering in silence. I can't lose another person that I love from a shotgun, from a spouse who was abusing them in silence. And they didn't come forward because they didn't feel worthy. And I have never spoken to this topic before because I wasn't ready and I don't know that I even am ready in this moment. I could barely do my makeup this morning because I just couldn't stop crying. And I'm not embarrassed anymore. It's not about my hair and makeup. It's not about me being a fashion photographer or doing a podcast. It's about <laughs> using my voice and saying, you're not alone. I feel you and I see you and I hear you. I hear you when you're walking down the street and you're afraid. You're afraid that the daycare worker is going to find out. You're afraid that the person that that coworker at work is going to find out that your relationship isn't perfect and that you are being verbally abused by the way verbal abuse emotional abuse psychological abuse gaslighting financial abuse taking your car keys not letting you leave that's abuse that's abuse it's not just hitting and i don't care if it's coming from a parent or a spouse or a friend or whoever it is it's not okay And I needed to get that out today. And I thank you, Joshua, for giving me a platform. And I know this is messy and it's not as as fun and happy and joyful, but somebody's life is going to be saved because we're starting to have these conversations and I'm not doing the silence thing anymore. Yeah. Thank you, Joshua. Of course. You're right the, about the verbal abuse. Like it, it's all. I think sometimes abuse even happens like 
I mean, there's so many different types of abuse, but sometimes it's unconscious and it happens because it's you, a, a pattern has been developed. And I mean, it's gotta be a spirit. It's like, there's, it's just something. Because I, I mean, look, the same demons that afflicted me that, you know, whether fueled by alcohol or in, in cocaine or meth or not, but those same demons and that, 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 that overtaking where it does, it's like an out of body experience, like something else takes over your body. Those same monsters like still surround me, the same monsters that, 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 ha that hurt me when I was a kid are still like around me. They're not in me, but they're around me and I can feel them. And so like I have, I know that abusers learn it from somewhere. I know it comes from somewhere. And I'm not justifying anyone's right to abuse. There is no right to abuse. It's wrong. It's so wrong. And it's just, I don't know how people heal, like truly here. I know that they say Jesus heals you and the relationship has. And I know I can see it in my own life, the areas that I've healed. But I still have other areas that get to be healed. I mean, I have to watch my temper I have to talk to myself constantly. I'm a fiery guy as it is. And, you know, but if I switch to one of my altars or whatever, it's like all of a sudden, like it's like I'm even scared of myself sometimes. At least and you I, identify, you recognize that you have to keep it in check. And it's because there's a thing called reactive abuse. Okay. What is that? When, when you've been abused, you let okay a person can only take so much right when they say if you back a dog into a corner if you back a snake in a corner and then somebody coils up say they abuse you verbally psychologically emotionally you're you're nothing you're a piece of crap you're this you're that you're never going to be anything constantly constantly and they do it from childhood and you go like this right for so long and then eventually it could be the guy at the bank or the postal worker or your spouse or your child or somebody says the wrong thing and it triggers you. And then you're like, rah, like a dragon, like a fire breathing dragon. But see, abusers use that to be like, see, I told you you were the crazy one. And that evil smile and that, see, look at the way you're acting. You're throwing things. You're screaming. You're yelling. What is oh, wrong with you? I know that you? person. Ugh. And they're cool as a cucumber. And you're like, what? Yeah. And you're wondering, am I the crazy one? No, you're not. You're human. It's reactive abuse. I, oh. Yeah, I know I've done that. I've done that to a lot of people. Oh, that's always painful to hear back, but it's 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 real. I mean, I've not hid from any of this, but that and I, I one of the things that I, I say that I really do. I, I mean, I I work at this the most, I think, is to never whether it's Jessica or or the girls or really anyone in my life now. The thing that I'm most cognitive cognitive of is is not gaslighting, is not Amen. manipulating, or because what happens is when you rob a woman of her intuition, you're stealing her gift 
from her. Yes. And when you take a woman's intuition and make her doubt herself, you wreck a woman. Yes. You want to destroy a woman? That's what you do. And I'm not saying go do it, jerks. I'm saying don't do it. Like it's their gift. It's what when God brought man and woman and designed us to be together and become one, part of that, like a woman is a man's GPS. I my life, I'm gonna chase in my tail before Jessica. I I everything that I was trying to build and do on my own, all of these things. Jessica saves me more heartache than anyone I've ever met in my life. Like her guidance system, it is why we are being blessed the way we're being. Because I couldn't do that without her. She's like I, I know yeah. she's a gift, but but I remember, like I if I robbed her of that, oh my god. And part of the heartache that I've had, I'm not trying to make this about me right now. But one of the hardest parts for me to let go and realize that I have no power for my exes to forgive me over, I mean, accepting that, because the one thing that I want to make right more than anything is the damage that I did to them psychologically, the PTSD that came from me. And mind you, they had their own form of it before we met, because no no woman in her right mind really would have chosen me sober, I promise you. Um so they had their own stuff, but I made it worse. I compounded that fracture and I had the, I've, I, I've, I, I mean, I battle it sometimes still is knowing that I robbed somebody of that. And I, you know, if the only way for them to get well is to make the choice to go on their own healing journey to try to help others. But that disgusts me that I did that. Because all the abuse, the verbal, all of it, yeah, I know that that sucked and it was rawful. But that part, that's the one that still wrecks me. And I got a cure. I'm curious for you and your situation. Did you experience that when you were being gaslit and abused and all of that and and and, and neglected and you know and you were in the narcissist path? How, have you? Did you? Did you lose some of that trust within yourself, that intuition? And if so. How have you gotten it back? Well, I didn't lose the intuition. Actually, it made my gifts stronger in a certain way because I am a human lie detector. <laughs> I am a human, I mean, literally. Most um, women are, right? Isn't that part of the into isn't that part of a woman's intuition is just knowing yeah, that but it's crap? like I'm a radar, like it's really, <laughs> really heightened and like don't even try to tell a lie because if you think the lie, I'm gonna know it. it mm -hmm. I so it's energy and it's like in my kidneys and it's in my throat and it's in my stomach and and the 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 brain. So we have three brains, okay? Yep. Our physical brain, our heart, and our gut, right? So if any type of narcissistic abuse or any type of thing or somebody that it comes into my space that's a charmer or a love bomber or something that, that I get alert, like an alert system. So it did make it strong in that way, but I had to heal and I'm still healing. And I think that's why this, I was like, really God, like, can we not do that? I just want to look pretty and talk about good. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like I was kind of that little Virginia this morning, but I don't want to. And he was like, Oh God, no. 
<laughs> you're going to do it anyways because you're going to, you know, what gave me peace over it, even though I was still very emotional, even coming in backstage, was that this could save somebody's life, one, two, five, ten, twenty, a hundred people's lives, maybe a thousand, I don't know how many people, and it has nothing to do with me. It's not, it's not about me. It's about somebody's going to hear it and be like, that's abuse. I didn't know that was abuse because the abusers tell you, I didn't touch you, so that's not abuse. Well, it's my money. I earned it. Go out and earn your own money when you're there taking care of three of their kids or four of their kids. You're cleaning the house all day and they're like, well, you don't work, so I'm not giving you anything. You're not going out. You're not wearing that. You're not. And they don't realize they're like, well, he didn't hit me. You know, he didn't punch me or he didn't hit me this time or, you know, he didn't put the gun to my head this time. Things like that. And then they start talking themselves out of that they're being abused. But for me, just hopefully that part answers your questions. Some things it made stronger as far as some intuition, but the second guessing my worth is height was heightened, like uh, times a million. Like it's you're you're just everything you do is this photo shoot good enough? And you know, am I a good enough friend? Am I a good enough mother? Is this lasagna taste good enough? I mean, it's just everything you know in life. You know, and this is not really on the subject of abuse, but one of the other things too that I'm glad that you are bringing this up because anyone out there that's driven or you're trying to accomplish a goal, you know, there's a balance between I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, or I can do better. Yeah. And and that's just a self-examination thing because you know, I battle that sometimes with the different things that we create because I want perfection and thank God my wife is so creative and she can just do stuff that seems to be perfect the first time. I wish I had that luxury, but anyway, I'm, I'm very, very specific and things have to go a certain way for me to feel good about it. And, you know, I battled with realizing, like understanding that there's a difference between I'm just beating myself up because I'm not good enough or I expect more from myself and expecting more from yourself. I don't think is so bad, but because God did make us to be great. So anyway, I just wanted to point out that difference. I don't know why I just felt like I should because some people may not know the difference. Can I speak into that just really quickly? Yeah. Okay. So by the way, thank you for like putting up my bio and the, and, and, and the way that you introduced me and even yesterday and promoting me and anybody who read that or wants to go read it now and is like, how well, does she... We are done broadcasting before they leave. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> like no, 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 don't, yeah, don't look at it now. Look at it. But when you read into my bio and you're like, okay, she's a celebrity published photographer, she's a fine artist, she does a podcast, like she's an executive at a record label abuse this is how god i want to speak into how how god ch- always changes it up and he always wins okay me always wanting to be better and 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 to perfect things better and to um want to achieve goals and uh break the chains of so i was like tyler perry okay his interview with oprah winfrey some years ago oh changed my entire life. I watched, I saw it when I was about 14. I wanted to be the goat. I wanted to be not the product of the environment. So all this stuff happened to me. 
I'm going to use all of that for my greater good. I'm going to use all of that to glorify God. I'm going to use all of that to speak into people. Even when I wasn't feeling worthy, I'm like, I'm still going to do, I'm going to be, if I'm going to be a photographer, I'm going to be the best self-taught photographer ever. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, writer, I'm going to be an international bestseller. Like, there's no, there's no accidentally or kind of doing it. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to master it. I'm going to do it humbly, but I'm going to be, I'm going to do it the best that I can. So God saw those who do for themselves, right? So God was like, all right. So anything that I say, okay, God, you want me to do a podcast? Elevation. You want to be a painter? You're going to be an amazing, like, everybody's like, you painted that? I'm like, I didn't even know I painted that. Like, I can't even believe that I painted that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can't even believe I took that picture. So God answers. He answers. When you trust him and you're obedient and you rise and you say, okay, God, I'm not really feeling very worthy, but you're asking me to do this, so I'm going to do it. He's going to be, he's going to help you achieve all your dreams. He's going to show you what your purpose is, and he's going to magnify you in such a way that when you look in the mirror, you don't even believe that that's you. God, this is amazing favor that you have <laughs> on my life. I sometimes when people announce me on these shows and I get interviewed just about every week, sometimes more than once a week. And I listen to my own bio. You know what? I want to speak in tongues. And I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Like that's what comes in my mind because the odds were against me. The enemy wanted to take me. The enemy wanted to harm me and kill me and destroy me and lie to me since I was born that I wasn't worth anything, that I came from an abuser, that I would always struggle with domestic violence, that I would always struggle with self-worth. And God took it and said, no, you're not. You're mine. You're my child. I say what the purpose for your life. I say if you are worthy. Me, not the enemy. And that's, I really want people to know, just rise. You are worthy. You can do anything you want. Just believe in yourself and ask God to show you the purpose. Ask God to heal your heart. Ask God to speak into you and just fill your spirit up, whatever you want to do. When I started painting three years ago, Joshua, I put the crap in the cart at Michael's and I didn't even know what I was buying. I didn't even know. I was like, well, this looks like I might need it. And the lady's like, you do realize you can't use oil and acrylic at the same time. You have oil paint and acrylic paint. And if you try to use those two at the same time, it's not going to work. And I was like, oh, okay. So, yeah. So I went and watched Bob Ross videos. And like now people buy my paintings for thousands of dollars. And the painting behind me is called Hope, right behind me. But it's just so funny because I just asked God, God, so now I pray and I ask him what to paint. And he shows me and he tells me but you I just want people to know that regardless of whatever abuse that you have endured not every person has endured abuse but a lot of percentage of people have that that is not going to stop you from your destiny and your purpose if you go to your heavenly father and you ask him to just be there with you okay god i'm really scared my first six podcasts my voice is my voice is shaking and my legs are shaking under the table thank god it was only audio no video I was a wreck, Joshua. Even when you and I did our podcast, I was a wreck. There was a hurricane going on that day. You weren't feeling well. It was a hot mess, but we did it and we got your testimony out. So, uh, that amen. Was, that, was, that crazy. was crazy. So Yeah, we did the podcast in a hurricane. Why? It was a hurricane where I lived. 
So, so how come you don't do video? Everyone always asks me, everyone always asks me that. So, okay, so I'm gonna give you two answers. Okay. The first answer, do you remember Delilah After Dark? Of course I do. Delilah. Okay, I wanted to be Delilah because even when I had a bad day and I was abused and I was going through hard things at school, I was very bullied in school, I used to turn on Delilah on my little crap radio and she would have people give their stories and sometimes they were sad and sometimes they were happy and then she would play them an uplifting song and that spoke to my soul and when I was like man I want to be Delilah like I love Delilah so when I first started doing the podcast I was like all right God I'm gonna use my voice but I want to be like Delilah so I started to do music and I started to talk to the guests and I and I just rehearsed and got better and started writing my shows. And now everybody, you're the 12th person in the last 30 days that are like, why don't you do video? And I have very good news. So I'm not gonna fully announce it. I haven't announced it anywhere. I am gonna start doing video. I am gonna start doing a show once a week. You get to see my face. We'll interview very special guests. We'll talk about causes advocate with advocates, different charities, different things that I support from my spirit. And we all will start to do it. We will continue the podcast because people can listen in their cars. They can listen on their treadmill. They can listen when they can't. They're cooking. They don't necessarily have a, a way to watch video. But there's your answer. So I want to be Delilah. And I also never wanted people to not feel because they couldn't go to the hair salon for four months or because they gained 30 pounds during COVID or because they had a, a breakout on their face or they didn't have a makeup artist that they didn't want to be on my show. So I was like, come as you are because Jesus says, come as you are. So I, I, I mean, that's just kind of where I was at. But now I think God's like, Time to level up. And Lauren gives me a hard time about it all the time. Oh, girl, you're doing video. I got the download. It's happening. So he tells me all the time. So I think, and maybe even you and Lauren will help me cross over that to that next path. We'll pray about it. I, I, yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think, I think it's fair. You have a great present. Thank you. And I don't know why it's feedbacking, but anyway, Virginia, you are a blessing. And so grateful that you came on and if look you need any help at all um you know with with your taking your podcast a video uh we are more than happy to be of service and answer any questions and you know anything that we can do to help support you and to help elevate what you're all about uh you have jessica and i's full support um and i'm grateful for you sharing your heart because i know that what you shared is not easy especially the first time it gets easier. It gets much easier to talk about, but you know, it takes a lot of courage and to, to, to uncover what's been hidden and to Lauren, you know, one of the things that he says that I've always remembered and kept close to my heart, nothing good grows in the dark, you know? And, and so I think about secrets. I think of shame. I think of, I think of even lies and manipulation. I think of all, all, everything that we try to hide, nothing good's happening there. But if we put light on it, it can grow and it can turn into something beautiful. And I admire you for doing that. I admire you for providing a stage and a platform for others to do that because it does create a ripple effect of healing and it's necessary. 
And so, ladies, gentlemen, Jessica, Jonathan, uh, everybody, golly, there's a lot of people here that are watching Charlotte, Jessica, Ryan, Sherry, all of you guys, Susie Parker, you know, you guys, I, 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 everyone I just named out, I know every one of you have amazing stories. And, and I know that you've only shared some of it. Um, and those th that, those parts that you haven't shared, I would like to challenge you with this. That's your gift to the world. And it is your duty. It is why part of what part of why God created you is to, to use that to be a blessing to others. And you sharing it alone is an actual gift to the world. Your secret is your gift, is 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 a blessing for others once you release it. But if you keep it hidden, all it's going to do is poison your spirit. That's right. Who needs that? There's enough out there. There's enough influences around the world that are trying to poison or dull our spirit. You have this power to release it. And the world needs it right now. Virginia, God bless you. Thank you, Thank you for being here. And um, we'll see you soon. Thank you. You guys keep me prayed up. Appreciate we will. it. God bless you. See you soon. Thank you. Virginia Rose, everybody. Thank you guys for being here. God bless you. Um, man, and like I said at the beginning, I'm going to pick a random winner uh, to win the greatest mask. I know, I know you guys don't like masks. I get to see some of your comments. But those of you who have actually tried the mask, because there are places you still have to wear them, thank you. Uh, so I'm going to pick one random winner of whoever shares to get a brand new mask. This one's mine. I'm not going to put, well, look, it's comfortable and you can hear my voice. I can breathe through it, but we're going to give one of these away. They last forever. That's the part I've been amazed about because I work out in it. I hand wash it. It dries fast. I've been using this one for three weeks and it's still all together, which is kind of amazing. Anyway, also, you guys keep Virginia in your prayers. Um, that one thing about it, when you reveal something that you've not shared with other people before, especially all over the world, there's a very naked and wounded feeling after, at least in my own experience. I mean, to this day, every time I share my testimony and I kind of walk out my testimony every day, but when I get to share it and I share different things that I you know, did or what God has brought me through, I feel very wounded and like I want to hide. So, and that's when the devil really will come on you and attack you. So I would just ask that you guys keep Virginia in your prayers because they're necessary. Um, so thank you and everyone sharing this out or tagging people that you feel would benefit from the message she delivered today. And uh, I'm just grateful for all of your support. I'm grateful for all of you who support uh, Live Mana Ministries, as you can see sc scrolling here. If you would like to make a donation to our foundation, we are very focused. We've, we've, Jessica and I have really been able to piece together the different parts of our, our, our broadcasting platform and media platform to be a blessing to other ministries. We get to, uh, we're working with a church in Pakistan on Friday that I'm getting to speak to, um, which is a huge blessing. And your support has been a big part of that. But I want to make this clear. Our mission is Voices for the Voiceless. Everything that Virginia spoke about, 
It's about being a voice for the voiceless and elevating other voices for the voiceless. And our heart is to take this to the youth. I, I'm blessed to get to speak to the youth in Pakistan. We're looking for organizations all over the world to work with and to teach and prepare uh, for the new world. But also the thing about learning media that I think most people don't know, when you see yourself as a media organization, when you see that through that lens, then the possibilities become endless. There's very basic things to learn to be a media organization. It's not what a lot of people think it is. It's changed because of technology. The future is, and I'm saying this, I've said it before, I'm gonna say it now, and I will continue saying it. The future is you being your own media company. What we are building and what other kingdom-minded people are building is what's called the digital Noah's Ark or the Underground Railroad. That's my name for it because it's going to allow individual media companies to exist and operate on their own without the reliance of these servers that have control over us. Google can shut us, even with our own broadcasting network, if Google wanted to, <laughs> or Google, Amazon wanted to shut down our servers, then what do we do? That's why you have to think where we're heading and where we're going is where we have the power to be our own media organization with our own servers, but yet still the ability to connect with those who we want to connect with. So, but when you see yourself through the eyes of the media or you see yourself as the lens of the media, all of a sudden, all of your dreams become possible. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, think about it as a teacher. I can teach the world now. As a, you know, an attorney, I can teach globally. I can, you know, whether it's TV or if I'm a doctor, like we all have to use the media. But even if you're just somebody that you're blessed to stay home and take care of the kids, what you learn being a mother and taking care of the kids or even the fathers out there that are independent taking care of kids, you know, you can utilize the media. You think, well, why do I need the media? You will moving forward. So one of the things that we're very passionate about doing with the Live Mono, at the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation is teaching media literacy because everyone has a different understanding of media. Everyone has a different skill set. So it's not a one size fits all. The reason why Jessica and I aren't doing a course on media is because we don't like it's not something that you just, everyone does the same thing. It's customized, but here's the cool part. The reason why we wanna work with youth groups is because if you've ever seen, when you help other people see what's possible, like you get a group setting and they can see what's possible, right? And then you show the foundational pieces that they need and when we all get in alignment with those basic foundational pieces, here's what happens. People start to say, wait a second, this, well, I've dreamed of being a talk show host. I've dreamed of being a preacher. I'm an artist like Virginia and I want to paint. Or I'm an inventor and I've created a product or I, I, that, I, that is going to help change the world. All of those things require media to get the message out. 
But when you have the different thoughts and you have the different hopes and dreams, and then you take the different levels of understanding of all the different people that are in that room working together, but you're giving the same foundation to launch off of, collaboratively, you see people start to work together and come into community with the under, under the influence of collaboration and working together. And then all of a sudden, when you have people operating in their gifts and you have people that are in their purpose, do you know what you don't have time for? When you're in your purpose, when you're living in your purpose and why God created you, you do not have time to be a racist, bigoted idiot. You don't have time to go commit crime. You don't have time to be a junkie. You know why? Because you don't want that for your life. Because, listen, I've injected more drugs in my in my veins than, I, than a lot. Like, I, I don't want to get into a comparison, but it's a lot. Chasing that dragon is a hopeless chase. It ain't gonna ever, I'm never going to achieve the high that I'm looking for unless I'm living purposefully. And there's a lot of kids out there that are hurting. There's a lot of kids out there that don't have hope. I live in a city that right now there are riots going on. There's youth seeing this going. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like for the youth to see what is happening on TV or a mile, wait, which direction is it? A mile that way. I think it's that way. <laughs> it's a mile that way. Brooklyn Park, where the riots are happening. And of course, the courthouse where the officers for George Floyd is right next door. So the youth is seeing this. Do you think that this is inspiring hope in the youth, but yet the media planet it's all in our face and they're showing the anger the hurt and the confusion none of that inspires hope none of it inspires belief so when people ask well why would the why in the world would the youth need to learn media who do you think's going to change media now some of us have our assignments and what we're building and what we're going to do, but it's all about the youth. It's all about giving them and showing them a way out. You don't need to look at a CNN or an ABC or a Facebook or a Twitter or any of them. You don't need to look at them and say, well, I can't do that. They've got $500 billion. Like, how am I ever going to do that? You don't need to do that now. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It, the point of entry to become the media is lower than ever. It doesn't mean that you're going to have all the advantages they have yet, but you get to have faith. But when you teach kids and the youth the basics of media literacy and then be able to provide a platform, the reason why we have the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation and Multimedia Broadcast Network is not to go out and sell memberships to broadcast on our network. It's to provide a platform for people that need a voice. Who needs a voice more than the youth? 
Who needs a voice and a platform more than people that are willing to tell the truth? That's why we do what we do. It's not about look at us. I'm a producer for other networks. I spend most of my time building other people's networks. Our network is a gift to others. So why we ask for your support, why Voices for the Voiceless matter to us so much is because we've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like. I know what it's like even as an adult to go, I can't go get a regular job because I have a record that is disgusting. But how many adults out there continue to make bad choices because they don't think there's anything better for them than working at Walmart as a greeter. And now look, I'm not making fun of Walmart greeters at all. But I promise you that when God created you, he had something different in mind for you. I just know it. So when you learn media, it doesn't matter if you're an inventor, a painter, a, 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 you're a hip-hop artist, you're, 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 you're singing the choir, you, you, uh, you, you, you're a, a physical personal trainer, you're a beauty expert. you got to use all of it. Here's proof. One of the advantages I have being an actor and also getting involved in casting is I get to see casting sheets. I get to see what Hollywood is looking for. Another thing to prove my point about the media is Neutrogena. Neutrogena, the skin, you know, you see them, at, you, they're at Walmart, Target, you can buy them anywhere. Neutrogena is shifting from running commercials to now broadcasting. Neutrogena is, having a, is going to have a TV network. So they're creating content to help, you know, to provide entertainment for people. But really what they're doing is promoting their skincare without selling you through commercials. This is Neutrogena, a billion dollar company. That's what they're doing. Others will follow suit. So when I say you are a media organization, just follow where the money's at now. Anyway, but this is why the youth needs to learn this because the world is changing, media is changing. And if you do not have media literacy, you are going to be left behind. You think you're safe in your career. If you don't know media, you're done. This is not a fear tactic. I'm just saying media's relevancy, the way we see it now, will not always be. But part of this equation is that we have to start thinking of ourselves as media. And that's what we do at the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. That's why we are asking for your support for our foundation for Voices for the Voiceless so we can teach this, so we can provide the equipment. That's why. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your belief in what we're doing. And thank you for being here to support Virginia as she shared her heart. So God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, I think we have another broadcast this week, but Devil Inside Me will be back um, Wednesday. We release it. We took a week off. Uh, we had a couple of really heavy episodes <laughs> that needed a little of extra time. Um, calling back those demons has not been the easiest thing to do for Jessica and I. And um, I want to thank my wife 
for having so much strength um, to be able to put herself in this situation where she's having to live in my hell so that we can do what God has called us to do. So I love you, Jessica. Thank you. And I love you guys. Thank you for watching. God bless.